What's up, everybody? Welcome to the In Love with Horror podcast. We are your hosts. I'm AJ. And I'm Christy. Join us for a love affair with all things horror as we explore the world of horror films, games, and everything in between. All right, y'all. As always, we've got another great episode for y'all today. It's going to be a little bit of a of a short episode because it's not a whole lot that came out this week. But still, as always, a couple things uh, noteworthy to talk about. Of course, we got a lot of different uh, Exorcist Believer clips to drop this week. So we'll be talking about that in our trailer section, as well as uh, some interesting streaming uh, series and movies that will be dropping that we'll be talking about. For horror news this week, uh, the first thing we'll be talking about, of course, is the uh, writer strike uh, for... Uh, the Writers Guild uh, began over, so we'll be talking about uh, some of the uh, news that came out of that. We'll also be talking about uh, another uh, Conjuring documentary that's going to be dropping uh, here on streaming, streaming services as well. We have mentioned one previously. There's another one coming too, so stay tuned and check out that. Uh, and then for the main topic today, y'all, we're going to be talking about Saw 10, giving you our spoiler review on the new Saw film, the new entry into the Saw franchise, and you know, give you our thoughts on that. Of course, that'll be a spoiler review, so make sure you stick around. Uh, for that but all that and more is coming on the in love with horror podcast so stay tuned Before we get started into uh, all the trailers that dropped this week, of course, we're going to talk about uh, what we watched this week. Now, I didn't get the opportunity to watch anything because I was super busy this week, but maybe I know you watched a couple things uh, this week, so go ahead and talk to us about what you watched. All right. Sure thing. Um, yeah, I watched a couple of different series, uh, the first one being The Other Black Girl on Hulu, um, and I absolutely enjoyed that series. It's 10 episodes, and I watched them all straight through <laughs> they were really really good it's always a good time um, when you binge it like that yeah mm-hmm. it's very much kind of like kind of like black mirror like black mirror it's like some of the stuff that happens are it's not really like scary it's just like you trying to like uncover it i guess type of thing more like a psychological horror if i had to put it into like a genre um but like the main girl is uh, the actress Sinclair Daniel that was in the Insidious movie mm-hmm. um, that was Dalton's roommate. So she, you know, she was really good. I thought she was really good in that movie. She's really good in this series as well. Um, and if you never heard of the other black girl, she's basically this girl who works in this publishing house as an assistant. And um, she's the only black girl in the office. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very you know real thing that black people sometimes have to experience and then this new girl comes into the office and she's black and so she's like the first black person she's you know had in the office so it's really exciting they try to band together type of thing and when they do weird stuff starts happening like she's like seeing stuff hearing stuff and you try to figure out what the heck is going on so the season ends on a cliffhanger but you you do know what's going on so that's the good thing about it so it's like the problem has been uncovered and so I'm mm-hmm. guessing in the second season, they're going to try to solve the problem. So at least you're not like left hanging to the point where it's like from where you have absolutely no idea what's going on. Right. So that's the good thing about it. It's very good. And you should definitely check it out, I think. 
Um, and then I watched that Castlevania Nocturne series that's on Netflix. Yep. Which I was surprised you watched that one. <laughs> well, you know, I like vampires, so I wanted to check it out. And yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. It's really good. The story is really good. I don't, not into anime, but when I'm watching it, I don't feel like I'm watching an anime, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. Yep. Um, now, there's a lot of like, I'm not, a, I'm not, I've never watched anything Castlevania. So I don't mm -hmm. know anything about the show or the game prior to me watching this particular series. Right. Uh, from what I read about it, I read about it, it is like a off story that's based on the main character in the series. His name is um, Belmont, Richter Belmont, who's a character from the original Castlevania series. Um, but there's like a lot of like animosity about this particular series because it's got a lot of blackness in it and like mm -hmm. indigenous history and slavery. One of the characters, her name is Annette, and she literally is this escaped from slavery. The show is set in like the end of the 1700s around the French Revolution. And so you got like slavery and racism and religion and that's cool you know that's the cool. corruption of of all of you know things that are going on in the in the town because of religion um but yeah it's really good one of the main villains he is uh ind indigenous man and i think he's like an aztec um i think he's aztec or something like that but yeah it's a lot of like conversations around it and how they race swapped and all this kind of stuff on reddit and i thought it was very interesting but i've never experienced it so i obviously i wouldn't know the original characters mm -hmm. so i wouldn't know like okay this person was written white or whatever but anyways aside from all the drama the series is really good um i definitely think it's worth checking out uh their one character she's a vampire villain her name is drolta she's black and she's got purple a purple fro mm -hmm. i was like oh yeah i'm gonna be her for halloween <laughs> okay she looks so cool <laughs> okay so how many how many episodes was it was not that many i think it's eight it's eight episodes and they're only like 25 minutes long oh, okay okay yeah it don't take no time to get through that thanks so you binge that whole thing too because the story was so good it, yeah. like you want to know what's gonna happen it's it was just a really good series okay right. <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, so I enjoy both of those. I give them all, you know, good recommendations. Both rec good recommendations. Okay, cool, baby. Well, yeah, I got to put both of those on my list, and yeah, uh, and I'm sure our listeners will be adding that to uh, their uh, October watch list as well. Uh, now that we're getting into the official spooky season yes. time. Yes. Um, but yeah, y'all, that's what we watched this week. Thank you, baby, for sharing uh, those two things. Like I said, I, I didn't get a chance to watch anything. I was super busy um but with the spooky season spooky season upon us of course that will be changing as we get into the october movie marathon y'all uh, but with that that concludes that section and we'll be jumping into jumping into the uh horror trailers that dropped this week y'all we'll be starting off with uh a series of three clips that dropped for exorcist believer uh now if you're not familiar with exorcist believer of course that's the new uh exorcist film it's a, a sequel movie to the original Exorcist from uh, 1973. Uh, and let me real quick read y'all the synopsis for Exorcist Believer. Uh, Since the death of his pregnant wife in a Haitian earthquake 12 years ago, Victor Fielding has raised their daughter, Angela, on his own. But when Angela and her friend and her friend Catherine disappear in the woods, 
only to return three days later with no memory of what happened to them, it unleashes a chain of events that will force Victor to confront the nadir of evil and, in his terror and desperation, seek out the only person alive who has faced the same. And of course, this film is being directed by David Gordon Green, who uh, did the uh, most recent Halloween trilogy. Uh, now, let's dive into the three clips that dropped this week, and we'll talk about each one of those. So we're starting off with a uh, cl- uh, with the first clip, which was uh, a clip that dropped on Universal Pictures uh, YouTube channel. And this clip was uh, all about the the body and the blood scene that we see, of course, in both trailers, I believe. Uh, so we're getting some expanded uh, insight into what or how the sequence of events play out in this scene. So we see uh, Catherine, you know, sitting in the church pews and she's, you know, obviously got something going on with her. Like she's feeling uncomfortable as the, the church is, you know, practicing uh, communion. And then she ends up getting up and uh, leaving. And the mom's like, oh, you know, hey, we're, you know, the dad was like, hey, where, where did Catherine go? She just left. And then that's when we get the scene from the trailers as she opens up the, the door. She starts walking down, you know, the, the middle aisle and, um, you know yelling the body and the blood and then the mom seeing her like hey like you know what are you, what are you doing yeah. uh but yeah so it was, it, it was cool to get um additional context to how that scene plays out but uh, before i dive into my thoughts what were your thoughts on this clip baby um i don't know i guess I, I, my thing is uh i don't know <laughs> i don't know really what really to say about it um I guess it was interesting to see what led up to the body and blood part. Yeah. I know originally when I was watching the trailer, I was wondering like, where was she at? So yeah, I guess that was cool to see like where she, act- she was actually at church and she just wandered off, I guess. Um, and I guess she was kind of like mocking the whole communion thing. I just feel like I brought a little bit more clarity to that scene. Um, but honestly, I will say, I, I guess it's like a thing now, right? Where these studios put out clips of their movie. But I don't understand like wait, what the purpose of that is, like, especially multiple clips. So last week you weren't with us, but there was an, another clip. Two clips last week that I talked, I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got three clips this week. <laughs> And, you know, even with Saw, like there was a bunch of clips of like their traps and stuff like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, like, what the purpose behind, like, revealing so much of the movie. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, another And to kind of jump piggyback off of that, it's also weird. Like when you watch this body in the blood clip. Like, it seemed like they were shorten, shortening it for time. I don't know if you felt like that when you're watching it, because the way it kind of, like, mm. jumps. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I can't play out this way in the movie, because it feels like we're we're jumping in the scene itself. Yeah. Because uh, then the flow didn't feel right, especially towards the end when, you know, they're, like, coming to grab her and stuff like that. I was like, this, the way it's being cut right now, it feels like it's for the purposes of this clip. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, you, I just kind of felt, like, indifferent about it. Um, I'm sure the clip doesn't feel as good outside the context of the entire movie, especially because I feel like it's edited weird in this trailer clip. Um, but I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't really do no, this clip. Didn't really do anything for me because mm-hmm. I already feel like the. 
I don't know. The vibe of the scene's kind of funny already. Yeah. Just with the body and the blood thing. Um, the the maybe initial... it makes more sense in the in the movie itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the because then like we'll have context to like the stage of her progression of mm-hmm. uh, uh, her possession. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like I think having that extra context of like oh okay like she's showing this at home now we're at church. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we're seeing that build up. Uh, but when you take it on its own, it feels kind of goofy, you know. Uh, so, I, you know, we'll see. Like, but it's, it was cool <laughs> to see. Why you like this whole thing is goofy. Yeah, it does feel that way sometimes. And it's, it's funny because I, I just watched like some behind the scenes clips recently. Yeah. Where, like people involved are obviously very passionate about it. Like the the performers and stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason it's just not conveying well when you take clips isolated outside of the of the film at least not for me anyway but mm, okay um well, let's just jump to the next clip y'all so that was the, the, that was the first clip the body the blood one and then the next one that we got was uh an exclusive from bloody disgusting uh and this clip was a 30 second clip of uh, Angela attacking her uh, dad in the house. So in this clip, uh, it looked like uh, Victor was doing something. Like he uh, went to the bathroom, then he came back out, and he's like, and he's looking for uh, Angela. Like you know, like she just kind of vanished. Yeah. Um, and so he goes into her room, and he's like looking around, like where you know where's she at? And then suddenly Angela comes from behind him, and like kind of like uh, with a scarf. Mm-hmm. And like wraps his head and like pulls him back and he ends up, you know, falling backwards and hitting his head on the on the on the side of her bed. And she kind of like leaves the room and the door closes on its own behind her. Yeah. Um I, I, I thought the scene was all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought the scene was actually pretty good. Um especially I I feel like it definitely adds to the like possession thing, like having the daughter like attack the dad and I'm sure seeing that escalation of mm-hmm. uh, possession is going to be super crazy and she's going to be super different and he's going to be like, you know, what the hell is going on? So her, her doing that, I feel like is super, yeah. is going to be, is already super like out of line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then her like kind of like leaving the room and the, and the, uh, the door closing behind her, like, like in the way she, and if you look at that scene, like the way she kind of like backs out of the edge of the door, yeah, it's kind of like a shadowy moment with the door closing. I don't know that that part actually pretty good. I did like the way that scene played out. Uh, mm-hmm. So I kind of like this clip. What do you think about this clip? Yeah, I like this one too. Yeah. Um, so if we get you know some more of that creepiness because I feel like this scene was like super creepy. Um, I think that'll be really good. I did like the like how she went out the room, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he's gonna be like not gonna believe that door closed on its own type of thing and. It'll oh, probably sure still be happen. a minute after this that he actually decides to get help for her. But um, yeah, I thought that was a good scene, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so that's the second clip, y'all. And now the last clip is another Bloody Disgusting exclusive clip. Uh, and this one uh, was a, another 30-second clip with Victor talking to uh, Chris McNeil and showing her a picture of his daughter. So he's basically talking to her you know, saying that he knows like her story and was seeking her help to see if he can, if she can help his daughter. And she showed, uh, uh, Chris McNeil a picture. Um, 
uh, and it was like it looked like it was a picture of his daughter's body and it was like super mm-hmm. like cut up and you know it just looked really bad like it was very yeah. uh you know sliced up injured looking body and oh, which i thought was cool because i was like dang like that's pretty graphic you know what i mean yeah uh, so i kind of like this clip too um you know seeing that interaction um and i because I, well, I think the big thing for me with you know uh the chris mcneil character is kind of like where is she at right now like and is she being viewed as this uh <clears throat> almost like you know supernatural like paranormal warrior type person mm, mm-hmm. uh because if with this being a direct this is a direct sequel to the original so i don't think they're taking into account any of the films that came after this 1973 film so in my mind i'm like well you know she didn't really do anything in the original exorcist you know what i'm saying in the context of like you know combating the evil yeah. you know what i mean so I wonder what she's done since that film to make her the, like a, you know, oh, I've done this before. I know what to do type of situation. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Because a lot of it was just all the two priests kind of taking on a lot of the, a lot of that. So I'm curious to see what she has encountered and learned since mm-hmm. that experience. But, uh, but I thought this clip was fine. Um, uh you know, I think it's cool to get that character back, the Chris McNeil character. Uh, and this, to me, this clip just shows, like, just how prominent of a character she is in this film. I remember when this, when we first saw this, I was wondering, like, it kind of felt like she's a main character, but I was like, yeah, like, she is, like, a super central piece to the story. But uh, what do you think about this clip, baby? Yeah, I thought it was a good clip as well. Um, we kind of learn that she doesn't know where Reagan is, <clears throat> which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I took it more as like, not maybe she doesn't know exactly what to do, but maybe she knows the signs and, mm. uh, and she might know, you know, what the steps are type of thing. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. On, um, you know, what to do give him some kind of guidance on what to do next yeah. um but yeah i thought overall i thought it was a good scene yeah yeah i agree i th- i think so too um it's funny because i feel like these these three clips i feel like kind of do the film better justice than the actual trailers do mm-hmm. uh which is a good thing i think uh you know i think the verdict's still out for me uh i think probably for you too but um, I think the, yeah. the clips do show potential, but we'll see how the complete package comes together on October 6th when this movie releases in theaters, y'all. So uh, we're literally like right around the corner. We're literally we're, we're recording this on Friday, September 29th, and we are a week away from the release of this film. So it won't be long yeah. before we'll find out for sure uh, um, how good this film is. Yep. Uh, but with that, y'all, that's uh, the first trailer or the first series of clips that we got. Uh, now we'll dive into uh, the next trailer that dropped uh, this week, and that is for a Netflix uh, film called Sister Death. Uh, now, let me read you the uh, synopsis for this, if you're not familiar. Synopsis reads, in post-war Spain, Narcissa, uh, played by Arya Bedmar, a young novice with supernatural powers, arrives at a former convent, now a school for girls, to become a teacher. 
As the days go by, the strange events and increasingly disturbing situations that torment her will eventually lead her to unravel the terrible scheme of secrets that surround the convent and haunt its inhabitants. Uh, and this will be a Netflix film that's dropping on October 27th. It's being directed by Paco Plaza as part of the uh, Veronica universe, um, which I don't think I've seen. Because um, uh, it's, it's a Veronica was just one one Netflix film, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. which I don't think I ever I don't think I did watch that one. Um, but uh speaking to this trailer specifically i thought the trailer was a uh, very good uh visually uh you know you, you kind of read the description and you have an idea but i feel like the trailer didn't really help me wrap my mind around like what exactly was going on mm -hmm. but visually speaking it looked really good especially towards the end when we get that kind of you know montage of just weird creepy stuff going on and mm -hmm. what looks like visions and hallucinations and there's a lot of creepy imagery, and then there's that part where the little girl's like, oh, don't move, it's right behind you. I like mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so visually, I was like, oh, this this looks kind of weird and, and creepy. Um, uh, but, you know, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not sure what's going on. But the trailer was enough for me to, to, to for it to now be on my interest list, especially with it coming out right around the time of Halloween. Uh, this, I think this would be a, a good one to watch, you know, uh, concluding that movie marathon. Um, and for them to drop it that close to Halloween, I feel like it must have some some really good, you know, spooky, creepy vibes and, you know, it might not be too bad of a film. Um, but yeah, what do you think about the trailer, babe, when you saw it? Uh, yeah, I felt the exact same. It did look very uh, creepy. Mm -hmm. And I haven't heard I haven't watched Veronica either, but and I did hear that was pretty good. So um, maybe this one will be just as good. Yep. I believe it's the same director. so. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like you, I couldn't put out, if I didn't read the synopsis, I wouldn't have known exactly what was going on in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, but looking at it, like you said, it looks like it might be a good one. A lot of creepiness for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some very creepy Im imagery at this one, y'all. Um, um, but we'll see come, uh, October uh, 27th, you know, how good this one is. It's definitely on my list now. I definitely want to check this one out. But again, that's called Sister Death, and that's coming on Netflix, y'all. So make sure you get that uh, prepped for your watch list and for your spooky movie movie marathon uh, list for October, y'all. Now, moving on to the last trailer that we'll be covering uh, from this week is a uh, Hulu series called Living for the Dead. Uh, now, uh, this series, the synopsis reads, from the creators of Queer Eye, five fabulous queer ghost hunters roam the country helping the living by healing the dead. Our gay ghost huntees explore infamous haunted locations while pushing past boundaries with both the living and the deceased. As being uh, executive produced and narr narrated by Kristen Stewart. Now, it's kind of funny because so the, the way that we kind of do our show here, y'all, uh, you know, Christy will go in and kind of create like a show notes for the show and we'll, um, you know, add stuff to it and review it. But it's funny when I was reviewing, you know, our trailers portion, I saw that description, right, that you put. And at first I thought it was like the cast from Queer Eye. Oh. Uh, like actually doing the ghost hunting. I was like, you know what? That sounds hilarious. Like that sounds like a genius idea. Uh, but no, it is, uh, you know, a different set of uh uh, that actually that. would be really good, especially yeah, Jonathan. Oh my gosh, they would be would, cutting up. He would man. be so tripping. funny. 
Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I read it, I was like, oh, man, this is genius. Uh, but no, it's a, it's a different uh, cast of uh, five uh, five individuals who are who are doing the ghost hunting. Uh, but honestly, the, the trailer uh, for uh, the series actually looks like a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, ghost hunting as a uh, maybe one, as a job, a hobby or whatever has really, uh, you know, exploded. It's funny to think like it's, you know, origins on TV and how it's become now mm-hmm. like a big YouTube thing. There's a lot of YouTubers uh, who focus on, you know, paranormal investigation and stuff like that. So yeah. to expand it in this way, um, you know, to, you know, have like these, you know, queer ghost hunters uh, to give it a different vibe, a different feel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to bring some character to it, like uh, and have some fun with it. You know, a lot of times you get the 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 paranormal investigations and ghost hunter shows where it's super serious. Uh, this yeah. one seems like it's going to be serious, but also have some like lightheartedness to it at the same yeah. time, make some jokes and have a good time with it, you know, and, and have fun uh, with the investigation part. While also, you know, one of the key parts that it mentions is, you know, um, uh, you know, healing both the living and the deceased. And we see, you know, clips in the trailer of, you know, these hosts, you know, helping, what seems to be individuals maybe get past a loss or mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, whatever haunting might be going on, going on in their, um, uh, in their home. You know, I, it's hard to tell exactly what's going on with those, but you can tell that they're helping people. So that's going to mm-hmm. be some very emotional parts, baby. I can already see you're going to be crying on some of those parts. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I thought this, I, I mean, really, I thought this looked pretty good. Like, I think this looks like a fun show. what did you think about when you saw the trailer, man? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely watching it. That's what I was thinking to myself. I mean, I love Queer Eye and um, the setup is pretty much the same, except they're not doing home makeovers and people makeovers. They're like, you know, helping people deal with their hauntings. So the concept is like ingenious, right? It's just like, oh, wow, that is so that's such a great idea. And then um, the different people that they look like they chose to be these hosts, I think they're all real, like they look like they fit this type, yes. like this type mm-hmm. of show. Um, and they're similar to me to the personalities of the people who are in Queer Eye. Like you have like ten of mirror to me mirrored characters. Yeah, I I, 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 get, I got that sense yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I mean I I think that this is going to be good um so i'm definitely looking forward to watching it i always like ghost hunting anyway and it's funny yeah. that you mentioned how like the differences like for example like ghost adventures how super serious and yeah. over the top serious that oh, show yeah. is very over the top serious yeah so this would be a good little refreshing thing and then there's another show uh the ghost is it ghost brothers thing there's like the black they're like a black team of brothers that that do ghost hunting mm-hmm. or is it three it's three of them like they're super funny like it's you know it's gonna be comedic like there's right, no yeah. like seriousness really in it whatsoever so i think this show is kind of like a in-between of those type of shows right yeah yeah no i agree 100 i think that you know you spoke to the the host of the show feeling like the queer eye host Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of like the the different, you know, um, you know, archetypes essentially. 
Right. Yeah. I, I'm sure they, they, you know, were like, oh, we got a recipe with that show. We got to kind of follow suit a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so kind of people have to fit like a, you know, they have to fill a certain slot. Yeah. Uh, sure. So you definitely get that sense and that vibe. But yeah, the show looks like a lot of fun, y'all. Uh, I don't know if they, if they dropped a release date on this show. I didn't see it in the notes. You know, if the, when yeah, this show uh, releases. I didn't see it on there. Um. It says it's part of Huluween, so I'd imagine it's coming sometime in October, yeah. y'all. But it, I, I'm not. The trailer didn't have a release date, y'all, and the um, and the YouTube release didn't have a. Uh, uh, oh, there we go. I just saw it in the trailer, like right at the very end. It mm. was uh, October 18th. So mm, okay. October 18th, uh, it looks like they're dropping all. Ep- it went by super fa- super fast. I don't know why I did it that way, but all episodes of this series are dropping on October 18th. And again, y'all, that's for the show living for the dead so make sure you put that on your watch list for october as well um yeah we got uh, a bunch of different stuff uh to watch i feel like the list oh, yeah keeps october growing. is overwhelming yeah the list there's no way getting... we can watch everything in october yeah the list the list keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger but um but that actually concludes the trailers portion of the podcast now we'll be jumping into the horror news y'all and we're starting off with uh probably the biggest piece of uh news in terms of you know filmmaking cinema tv and that's that the uh writers guild of america strike is finally over y'all so after 148 days uh the writer strike for wga has finally come to an end with a tentative agreement that has been made uh with the uh hollywood studios um now now i'll go through some different uh, uh key notes that were written in the variety our article that dropped uh about the strike concluding uh, so according to the uh, article from Variety, y'all, following a marathon negotiation, se- negotiation sh- session, that's a mouthful, the two sides were able to find compromises on key sticking points, including generative AI in the creative process, minimum staffing requirements for writers' rooms, and streaming residuals. Uh, the biggest issue, of course, was AI uh, when it comes to the strike. But according to the agreements, AI-generated material can't be used to undermine a writer's credit or separated rights. The company can't require the writer to use AI software, uh, such as ChatGPT, when performing writing services unless the writer chooses to. The company itself must disclose to the writer if any materials given to the writer have been generated by AI or incorporate AI-generated material, and the WGA reserves the right to assert that exploitation of writer's material to train AI is prohibited by NBA or other law. Now, uh, one thing I did want to note, y'all, is that um, there is still uh, the SAG after stri- after strike that's going on, uh, so that is that strike's been going on for uh, seventy five days now. So that that strike is still going, and uh, I believe the WGA actually encouraged uh, um, you know members of that organization that if they can to you know go join the SAG after picket lines to you know help in that in that cause in that fight. Um, but yeah, so some of those key points that I mentioned in the in the in negotiations comes from the 94-page NBA contract. Uh, you know, uh, that first of all, I just wanted to say that 94 pages is crazy. Like, like that is insane to think about. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, going through 94 pages of you know different terms and agreements and deals. Um, that's a, that's just a lot in general uh, to you know work and you know outline, uh, but the all the the summary of all those terms I just mentioned come from that ninety four page 
uh, NBA contract. Um, so like I said, on uh, that, uh, the strike uh, ended back on Wednesday of this week. Uh, so we're filming on the Friday the 29th, so it ended on Wednesday. So I'm sure uh, all the studios are scrambling to get back uh, to writing, you know, probably contacting a lot of writers and everyone's trying to, you know, scramble to get things uh, up mm-hmm. and running because a lot of things are put on pause. Yeah. Um, and so they're going to be playing catch up. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that, you know, negotiations were reached, compromises were reached, and uh, they were able to work things out in favor of the uh, WGA members. Hopefully SAG after can, you know, get the, the same deals with those negotiations as well. Uh, now, one another cool tidbit that came out of this, too, um, over on the Discussing Film Twitter account, uh, they did mention that un- under this new writer's agreement, that studios will have to provide streaming data, streaming data to the WGA, of course, under non-disclosure agreement. They must provide the worldwide to- total number of hours streamed. Uh, and mm-hmm. then the WGA is, is then allowed to share the info with members in an aggregated form. This is actually super cool. Yeah, it uh, is. Because... Streaming services have, you know, infamously been super tight lipped about their their numbers. You know, how many times something was streamed, how much has been watched, how many hours consumed, super tight lipped, understandably so, because they're all in competition with each other. So they try to, you know, play yeah. it off like, oh, this is the number one streaming thing on this service, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> right. But now the WGA will be able to push out to the members and they keep, they're going to get hard data, y'all on how much something's actually being streamed. And of course, this will mm-hmm. help with residuals and things like that and fair payment. Right. Uh, so this is super cool. I thought this was all incredible news um, to hear. Uh, what were your thoughts, Bay, when you uh, read and saw this? Yeah, um, I'm really glad that they were able to, even though it's tentative, I'm hoping that it's you know solid for mm-hmm. them, but I'm glad they were to able to finally reach some agreements. The biggest thing being that AI issue and then mm-hmm. what you were just talking about you know, them having that transparency when it comes to the streaming um, platforms. Uh, I know those were some of the heavier issues. So I'm glad that they were able to reach an agreement. So I feel like the AI thing was kind of scary. It was <laughs> you know? crazy. It yeah. was just insane. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really glad they were able to come, you know, get some kind of term agreed on that part. Because um, that was basically like taking away people's livelihoods. Yep. using ai i thought that was just insane yeah so because um, ai it's it's crazy because ai is just so strong now yeah you could tell it to write anything and it right. will do it um <laughs> so uh it's you know of yeah. course the you know the sack after one uh you know that that is yeah, all that about too. the actors mm-hmm. so they have their own ai battle that they're trying to mm-hmm. negotiate against as well uh, yeah. this one was strictly you know concerning like the writers and using ai yeah for writing Somebody um, basically taking away their job or reducing their job. If you're mm-hmm. saying you write this and because that chat GPT is fast. So it I imagine out instantly. Right. I can imagine mm-hmm. that that seriously takes a lot away from a writer being able to do their job. So yes. I'm taking away so much. So I'm glad that they're able to reach that agreement regarding that. Yeah, because the chat GPT stuff is, <laughs> is scary. Um, yeah. It cannot. It can literally do anything, y'all. It'll yeah. write you whatever you want it to write. Yeah. Um. Oh, so I'm think I'm glad they were able to to do that. I'm hoping Sec After can do that too, because they were talking about some crazy stuff for actors, where they were like, even crazier. Uh, you know, we can 
you know, scan you and just use your digital likeness forever. (laughs) Literally just drop you in movies. Like, (laughs) yep, you're going to be a background character. We're just going to drop the AI image and it'll just do everything for us and you won't be needed at all. That is so crazy. That's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like you are taking away from people's livelihood. You're taking away from the art of filming Mm -hmm. and creating stuff, you know? Yeah. And we saw that as things just went more digital like more blue screen, more CGI, you know, um, the studios are just trying to, you know, make as much money as hum- humanly possible without actually paying anybody or do anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that they were able to uh, Super fight greedy. against this, at least for the writer side, hopefully uh, for the actor side as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, y'all, this was, this was a big win. Uh, hopefully everything gets signed off and everything's good there. And then SAG after who it looks like they're uh, hoping to meet negotiations uh, Monday. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get some good news from that as well. But uh, as always, continue to support, you know, all the people that are in the process that, you know, contribute to the process of filmmaking, because, you know, when you, a lot of people will skip the credits, right? But if you actually sat down, look at the credits of the people that are actually involved in making these film and TV shows that you watch, mm-hmm. it's a lot of people, man. Yeah. It is crazy how many people are involved in making the things that we like, that we love to, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all those people deserve to be, you know, compensated and, you know, um, one compensated, but then also to just, you know, uh, getting their fair contribution and, you know, being, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, getting, getting recognized for their work as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, y'all, that, that was major. Uh, now we're going to our next story. Uh, this is all about Michael Myers, y'all. So this is a, a, a pretty crazy story. So I'm going to be reading about this, uh, talking to you all about this from Bloody Disgusting in their article. Uh, but uh, the, let me break this down because it's a little confusing, y'all. But the, uh, the owner and co-owner of the uh, Michael Myers, the Halloween uh, television and uh, movie rights, uh, Malik Akkad, Tracos International Films is actively shopping uh, uh, the rights of the Halloween franchise around to Hollywood. Uh, now, like I said before, because the, the rights, uh, um, the, hold on y'all, because my wife is, uh, is typing <laughs> stuff in, in the notes. While you I didn't have to read it, Cletus. I was just saying. <laughs> what? Read what? Nothing. 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 Oh, okay. Keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways, y'all. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> the uh, Troncus International Films, they uh, co-own the film rights with Miramax, and then they have exclusive uh, uh, rights to uh, television uh, properties. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're shopping around both right now. Um, and currently uh, in the shopping, or at least for the television rights, it looks like there's a big bidding war between A24 and Miramax trying to get uh, the television rights. Now, uh, we, we know that uh, not too long ago that A24 uh, will be bringing, bringing Jason to the small screen uh, with their upcoming release of Crystal Lake to Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks like they're trying to take one another Which iconic. Which I didn't know. I didn't know it was A24 that was behind that. I don't yeah, know I, no, I didn't that. know that either. I was like, yeah. oh, shoot, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was a pleasant surprise to me too. Um, but currently, A24 supposedly is leading, uh, is leading the war, the bidding war against Miramax uh, to try to get rights to make a Halloween uh, television series, which I think would be super cool. 
Uh, now, uh, Troncos is uh, open to both film and television projects, and they're openly taking pitches uh, from studios for both. Um, so one that was shocking to me, because I'm like, dang, we just, you know, concluded the Halloween trilogy. Uh, whether yes. you liked it or not, you know, it happened. Uh, and so it looks like, you know, uh, those owners are like, all right, what's next? Like, we yeah. wanna, you know, we want to keep making money off this shit. Like, where, where are we putting it out to next? Um, why they can't just come up with a new idea like put him in the vault <laughs> I think it's time to put yeah, like, give him, like give, or at least give him a, another break or something now, yeah a long break yeah now I will say though the, the concept of a television series I think is cool but what would it be about <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean yeah that's true because we've already we've covered the story like, the story what could has they? been covered like yeah I don't know. I just couldn't see how or what else you could tell in a, even in, in a television series format. Yeah. So, I mean, if they came up with a really unique spin on it, then I can, you know, I could say, okay, well, my, maybe I check this out. But other than that, it's like, what else can you tell about this guy? Like, so many movies <laughs> have yeah. come out about his life, his story, his childhood, his adulthood. We've seen him die. Like, it's like, what else? They can basically you do? have to come up with a new story. Yeah. Like, you have to have a new story. Like, completely delete whatever might have been canon and just make their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I guess now to your point, how do you make a series yeah. out of Michael Myers? Because it's a, it's a slasher film. Yeah. Like, Cause is, is he going to be always on the hunt each episode? Hunt, like, in right. the background, like, hunting people? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, this is a constant trying to get away or running. So, yeah, yeah you're, you got a good point. How how would they make a series out of this, uh, you know, well, slasher I don't know. movie? I mean, obviously, they made a series about Jason, and I probably would have said the same thing before they did that. I mean, I don't yeah. know the context of the what the series is really going to be about. And, I mean, it's, it's called Crystal Lake, so I'm assuming that it's more so about what happened to him there yeah. as a kid. That's what I'm assuming. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, that is kind of like a little bit different, but yeah, I don't know. I just can't see. I'm just trying to wrap my mind about the whole like series thing. Like, I don't know what you could tell in a multiple episode format format. Yeah. About this story. Yeah. Like he's going to be like a, a villain that pops up every couple episodes. Like, oh shit, he's here in this episode. <laughs> kind of focus on them trying to get away. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know if they're, if they're trying to expand on the lore because he always he always seems like invincible. You know, he's well, the that shape. Would, yeah, that the force. that that would be good, I guess. Yeah. More of an understanding of how is it that he just keep on going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But with day twenty four, I feel like we'll get something very unique. Yeah, and artistic that'll actually be actually be good. And that's if they win. That's true. That's that is if they win. <laughs> Uh, but they are in the lead, y'all. So it, it could very much end up being the case. And they could uh, get in and hold on to it for a while, which I think would be smarter. Yeah, and just to wait, wait it out. Um, yeah, but it's gonna take time to make anyway. So it'll be it'll be a couple of years before we see anything out of this. Yeah. Right. Um, but just the fact that it's being chopped around because they're like, yeah, hey, we want more Halloween content back <laughs> out there. I thought it was just surprising because uh, yeah. it wasn't long ago we got the trilogy. So. Yeah. I just know y'all that uh, it's being shopped around. So in a few years, we very much well uh, could be seeing not only uh, a movie, another movie somehow, but a television series as well. Uh, so stay, so stay tuned uh, for that. 
All right, now, y'all, we're going to jump into um, our next topic, which is uh, all about another Conjuring documentary. Now, last week, we talked about Netflix's upcoming documentary, The Devil on Trial, about the true story behind The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Well, we have another one in the works based on The Conjuring 2. Now, on October 27th, uh, Apple TV will be, will be releasing their own documentary called The Infield Poltergeist, and it's based on the true story uh, that we see in The Conjuring 2 film. Uh, the series is directed by uh, Jerry Rothwell and is being produced by Met Film and, and Concordia Studio, the producer of Apple's Emmy-nominated doc, Still, a Michael J. Fox movie. Uh, throughout the four-episode uh, event, oh, I'm sorry, let me, let me backtrack. Uh, throughout four episodes, the events at Enfield are reconstructed using the real recordings captured by uh, Maurice Gross, a paranormal investigator who archived all of his interviews uh, with those affected by the phenomena. Building a replica of the house where the incidents took place, performers reenact what is heard on the actual tapes, allowing allowing an interplay by the archival voices and appearances of those origi originally involved in the incident through present-day interviews. Uh, they also released a trailer with this uh, story as well, so you can get a little insight into you know, how the docuseries will look and feel. Um, but yeah, y'all, this one actually uh, sounds uh, really cool. Um, you know... The fact that they're having kind of like the reenactments reminds me of like back when I used to watch uh, all the different paranormal shows like on Discovery Channel when they would, yeah, you know, people would, would do the interviews and they play <laughs> out the reenactment with yeah. know, actors or performers. <laughs> this reminds me a lot about a lot with that. Uh, but it's cool to get the original recordings because I don't know if y'all have heard them. I don't know if you remember from the second film. They actually played it at the end, at the end credits. But those recordings sound super crazy. They sound super yeah. creepy. So it'd be cool to not only get those and get the reenactment, but they're also going to have interviews from the people that um, were actually involved in, you know, um, this paranormal uh, incident. Um, I think uh, even the, I think the main little girl, you see it in the trailer. I'm pretty sure it was her as an adult actually saying like, you know, what she, what she experienced is very real. Um, so I think it'd be really cool and interesting to get, you know, that like true story insight. Uh, in this format with reenactments, interviews, everything compiled in a way that makes it, you know, obviously conveys the facts, but also makes it interesting to consume. Uh, but what'd you think about when you heard all this uh, on the, on another contract documentary, Beth? I thought it was very interesting that they're creating these. Um, uh, like I said, last week we talked about the devil made me do it one. And, um, now this one, I just thought it was interesting that they're, you know, creating these documentaries in general around these stories. They are really interesting stories, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure lots of people will be watching. Um, I did watch the little trailer and, um, you know, they do like build a, a set that looks yeah. like the house. And um, they even had uh, the little girl in the reenactment wearing the same pajama uh, nightgown and um, it definitely uh, played up the whole reenactment section and I oh, did yeah. think about those old old series that used to come on TV as those well I thought great. about those, those yeah. were great. I still remember <laughs> some of those they were really good yeah I still remember how the yeah. intro uh, the show on Discovery I think was called A Haunting it was like a yes haunting. that was the yeah. one I used to watch yeah. yep. it was crazy man it was yeah. crazy yeah so um, nightmares yeah it definitely <laughs> gave me those those vibes yep. um and then hearing those recordings, whew. I mean, I never really liked them in the in the credit scene in the mm -hmm. end credits on the movies. Yeah, so super I can creepy. Imagine like trying to 
watch this series and listening to to those voices and stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I'm probably not going to watch this just because I don't really <laughs> don't want to hear all that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to make you feel, it gets under your skin. Like, yeah, this it is does. Like you like goosebumps. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, you will get goosebumps. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is cool, y'all. Uh, again, like I said before, just another thing to add to October because coming out October 27th. Yeah. Uh, the list for October, y'all, is massive. You, there's no way we'll be able to watch all these things. Nah, but you can't. the fact that it's there is cool. We'll just, it'll just carry yeah. us into November and the rest of the year. Because yeah. we consume horror every day, any time of the year, y'all. That's, right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to our last story, y'all. This is uh, just some quick box office news that happened uh, last weekend. Um, so, of course, uh, It Lives Inside opened last weekend and it passed uh, $3 million worldwide. So, congrats. Uh, the to the team there uh, for we haven't had a chance to watch that film yet but no. uh, we've heard great things yeah um the nun two passed 200 million dollars worldwide uh i know for the, the past what like three weekends has been number one yeah um you know making good money domestically and worldwide so 200 million gross so far i think is great i don't think it'll achieve the nun one numbers uh because at that time the conjuring was at it, the peak yeah. mm-hmm. of its uh you know yeah franchise power but $200 million is still very respectable. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had a Haunting in Venice, and it passed $70 million worldwide, uh, which is putting it a little over uh, Talk uh, talk to Me, mm-hmm. uh, which I think what, done what? Somewhere around like 40-something? No, say? I said it's 70. But oh, it's 72? Okay. Yeah, it's 70, oh, yeah, but yeah. a little bit lower, lower spectrum of 70. Okay, so around the same. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Talk to Me doing good numbers worldwide as well. Uh, now, one more thing we did want to add in, y'all, because uh, I'm recording this on Friday. So, you know, Saw 10 just dropped officially uh, the, the night before on Thursday night. And they're already saying that Saw 10 earned $2 million in its Thursday night preview. So it's uh, looking looking to do pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it did better than um, uh, Spiral in their like Thursday, their Thursday night previews. And also did better than Jigsaw in their Thursday night previews as well. So shape it. For all intents and purposes, with the Thursday night preview, is shaping up to do some some decent numbers, uh, and that's a perfect segue, y'all. Because now we're gonna jump into the main topic, which is all about Saw Ten. So we're gonna give you our spoiler review uh, for Saw Ten. So make sure you stay tuned. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and jump into the. Oh, it uh, it's on loop. I didn't realize that somehow the uh, somehow the loop button got clicked. I don't know how. Um, but yeah, y'all. So we're gonna jump into the main topic: our Saw Ten spoiler review. Now, of course, this is directed by Kevin uh, Gruder, who did uh, Saw, Saw Six, and Saw Three D. Uh, probably like one of the one of the best and one of the worst of the yeah, franchise which is. is hilarious right yeah. uh it's, it was written by josh uh, stolberry and pete uh, goldfinger who wrote jigsaw and spiral which is also crazy because those films were not great especially mm-hmm. spiral was really bad yeah um, <laughs> uh, but yeah just as a reminder y'all this is a spoiler review so if you have not seen the film yet make sure you do pause the podcast here go watch saw 10 in theaters right now uh, and then please do come back and rejoin us as we discuss all the great things and our thoughts about this film. So as we like to do with our reviews, y'all, we'll go ahead and give you a rundown synopsis uh, of the film, kind of, you know, what happened. And then we'll jump into our thoughts on it and, and give it a rating. 
So in this film, we start out seeing Jigsaw getting some MRI scans. And as he's leaving, he sees this janitor thinking about stealing uh, from a patient. And John has this imagining of a trap he could create for him based on the device that's uh, on the patient's hand. Uh, and this is the eye sucking trap that really isn't just in John's head as the, that. Hold on, I'm reading, uh, reading my wife's notes, y'all. <laughs> Don't try to put it on me because you can't read. What? Look how you wrote this. That just says, this is the eye sucking trap. That is trap really that is, in, just in John's head. Really just, What's so hard oh, about that? In John's head. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, come on now. All right. Okay. Don't come for me. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was sounded, I feel like it read differently. Right. Uh, but yeah, this trap is just in John's head uh, as the kid puts the items back and, ch- and John tells him good choice. Uh, of course, he told him good choice because he was like, I was about to put you in a trap. Had you not? Because I was ready. I was like, I'm already in a bad mood. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. <laughs> uh, later, we see John going to a cancer support group where he hears the story of a man named Henry and he's in stage four of pancreatic cancer. When John meets uh, with his doctor, he basically says he has months to live. So John is trying to get his affairs in order when he runs into Henry again, and he claims to have been cured by Dr. Finn uh, uh, Peterson. John looks into this guy and finds information from his daughter who has clinical evidence that this method of his works. And so John submits his info and they call him with the details of the program the next day. And basically, basically she tells him she'll make room for him in a week. So he, basically, uh, so he arrives in Mexico City and meets a taxi driver, Diego, who takes him to the facility at the house. There's a, there's a girl named Gabriella who says Dr. Cecilia saved her life and it's her family's home. Dr. Cecilia introduced him to the team and he also meets a patient named Parker who's apparently having throat surgery. Um, they do the surgery and she tells him his numbers are good and to stick around a few days and finish the medicine she gave him. He is taken with Gabriella and wants to thank her so he takes a bottle of tequila to the house and everything is cleaned out. And he runs across a video that shows a surgeon operating on a brain, which is what he was looking at during his surgery, thinking it was his own. So that's what clued him into the fact that he was scammed. So we go into him and Amanda finding everyone and putting them in a building with their individual traps. The only person not in the group is Diego, who clued him in to those that were in on it, and he was able to beat his trap. At some point during the group trap, after the nurse Valentina dies, Parker shows up trying to get his money back. Amanda and John tie him up, disarm him, and tell him what they are doing. They give him one rule, no gun. He watches Mateo's trap, and they eventually cut him loose. After Gabriella's trap, he reveals that he is Cecilia's partner. Earlier, she had used Valentina's intestine to grab her phone, and she called him for help. They decide to put John in his own trap, and the little boy that John had befriended earlier uh, is outside. Cecilia killed Gabriella, and then brings the boy inside, and basically tells John to choose between his life and the boy's life. When it looks like John is taking his own life to save the boy, Parker and Cecilia go look for the money. And as soon as Parker realizes uh, that two people are needed for the trap, they put uh, that they put John and the boy in. Cecilia grabs a bag. She thinks the money is in, and the door shuts them inside, and the trap begins. They basically have to fight each other to survive, and Cecilia wins. John gives the little boy all the money, and they leave uh, her in the room trapped. The red credit scene shows John and Hoffman putting Henry in his own trap in the original bathroom from Saw 1. And that, y'all, you know, is pretty much uh, Saw 10 in a nutshell. Um, so I'm not sure how you want to uh, break it down, babe, but I could just throw it to you to, you know, give your yeah. overall <laughs> thoughts about Saw 10. Sure. Um, overall thoughts. I thought it was, uh, it was a decent film. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's not like super good and it's definitely not the worst Saw film. Um, so I would put it somewhere between 
like three and four on my list, I think. Mm-hmm. I have to look, go back and look at it, but it, it was just okay for me, like in the middle. Yeah. It wasn't like super, nothing to write lower, home about. I think, we had, I think we had Saw 4 at rank number four and Saw 3 rank number three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So probably Something in the like middle that. then. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, this was definitely a testament of if something's too good to be true, it's probably is. <laughs> oh, yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I really liked, uh, like I was telling you, like the, the first half of the movie is very like dramatized. It's like you're just yep. walking with John. Um, you know, seeing that experience that he went through, finding, you know, finding out about his his cancer and yep. just how bad it is and him coming to terms with the fact that he's running out of time. Um, you know, he's putting his affairs in order and, mm-hmm. you know, he he wants to live, but it's like, what can he do? It's yep. which is funny because, you know, he he's created this these these scenarios for people to be able to try to beat death. And in this particular case, he can't do that. Yep. Like, there's no way for him to beat to beat this. Um, so I felt like, uh, you know, we got more of the human side of John in this mm-hmm. in this film. You know, the, his relationship with Amanda and the way he interacted with the little boy, like it really yep. humanizes him. Even though he's technically he's still like a villain, you know. Oh right, yeah, he's still <laughs> but, put people in traps. Yeah, so yeah. I do like that aspect. I like, you know, getting to know Jigsaw and his the way his mind works and just how what he what he was emotionally experiencing in those first, you know, two Saw films. You know yep. what I'm saying? So I thought that was though that was that was good. Um I thought the uh, performances were really good. Like, you talked about how people were begging for their lives. Like they oh, were begging. They was John, John please. John's on her, please. John. <laughs> no, they was begging I for their lives. They boy. really did a good job, like seeing the dyna- the differences between how they were acting in that house when he first comes in, yep. and then seeing how they really were in real life, like in their yep. real lives. Yep. Just the those two different sides of the coin. I thought they portrayed that very well. Oh yeah. Um, and um, what else did I like? I, obviously, I like. I think I like the traps. They, uh, the director and what um whomever else was involved with creating these traps or whatnot. They did. I thought they did a really good job of giving you that cringe factor because it's like they mm-hmm. sat with a lot of these things. It wasn't like flashes of anything like when she was right. sawing off her leg like she, you were sitting there with her sawing off her leg and it's yep. just like ooh. and um even when like he was pulling out his brain the pieces of his brain like the 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 moments when it was like the grossest it was just yep. like sitting there experiencing it and then you also have that background of like the clock ticking down yep. on all of these and I just thought it was a really good, uh, really good balance between the gore and then the tension. And yeah, um, yeah. so I really like how they did that. Um, there was another one that I thought was like super heavy, but I can't remember which trap it was now. Um, 
yeah, I like the open concept thing where because you know he he was like really in the room with these people while they were while this was right, all yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> they, was, looking right, they're looking right at him and it was looking drunk, right, right at him, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I did like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we only get a little that one scene of Billy the Puppet, but it is so funny. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was funny because everybody that was in my theater they just bust out laughing. Cause yep. he was just slowly creeping. So, hey, here we come. He creeping in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mateo was like, "What the, what the fuck?" <laughs> like, yep. that was super funny. Uh-huh. But it was good. Um, the return of Amanda, you know, um, that was good. I thought she, yeah, she portrayed did, she her did character pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hate the haircut they gave her, but she, yeah, I didn't get that she, because uh, performed fine. And t- and saw too, her hair was long. But I can't remember what her hair looked like in, in the first saw. So I feel like it wasn't that short. It was long in the first saw. Okay, so why they cut it like that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I didn't it, get that. It, I thought it was cut in saw too. Oh, well, maybe it was. I don't think you know it was, what? I don't I'm think thinking about. Like um, no, nah, I was. Th- which. Yeah, her hair was long in. Um, saw when three. John was dying. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But it still wasn't chopped off like that, though. No, nah, it didn't look like that. Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning of the movie, Mateo, or not Mateo, Diego shows the statue. Mm-hmm. And they, he replicated like the mask on Mateo's uh, trap. I thought that, yeah, was, that was cool. Really clever. Yeah, I did like yeah. that, too. Um, yep. And I hate that, uh, well, that's my, that's a dislike. Hold on. Oh, put the, I think the, them putting Jigsaw in his own trap, even though it wasn't like, he wasn't actually in a trap, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, that visual of them, him being in a trap was mm-hmm. a different take and a different, you know, unique way to tell the story. Cause I've right. we've never seen that before in any of the other soft films. Yep. So I thought that was really unique and cool, because um, as you're watching it, obviously in my back in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, obviously he must have planned this or something. Yep. Yeah, you, but yeah, you did. Just he like, still goes go? through the ringer. You know what yep. I'm saying? He's still taking all that blood and stuff in his throat, and I'm just like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really cool. I thought, and. The little boy, he was so sweet and so cute. He was yeah. like, you know, and he I pulled it he back so on himself sweet. at one point. He did, yeah. yeah. And he was trying to tell him like not not to do it, but he saw his friend was in trouble, so he wanted yeah. to help him. Yeah. Unless, and I also thought, what well, is he in on it? But maybe not. <laughs> right. Maybe yeah, he nah. is, but obviously he is in on it. But I don't know if he was supposed to pull it back on himself or not, because he did tell him not to pull. Not to oh wait, no, yeah, he didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, so he wasn't aware yeah. of anything. He just happened to be the wrong place, wrong time. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time. So who else was 100%. supposed to be on the trap, ladies? I think Amanda was supposed to be on that trap. Because that's okay. Because that, that's why he was like, it didn't go according to plan exactly. Right, yeah. No, okay. He, he, okay. John would definitely not. That's why John was like, "Hey, like he's innocent. Like he has, gotcha. he's not part of the game." You know. Okay, I thought maybe yep. he was just playing, playing. Oh all yeah, that. no. Mm-mm. Okay. Either way, they worked out. Like he said, everything worked yep. out. It was supposed to work out. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. 
Um, and when she pulled that bag off the shelf, I was like, "Ooh, got you, girl! You got got." Yep. <laughs> that was hey, so she, good. Hey, got got boy. That was so good. Yep. Um, and the only thing I I wouldn't say like these are like this like this is more like so with like story, not mm-hmm. really so with the movie. Um, but right after he was you know let go from the after the surgery and he's feeling like he's healed basically and that he was mm-hmm. going to have the life again and he's you know drawing that trap that trap the head trap yep um and then he throws it away and i was wondering was he considering walking away from everything because now he was going to live or what or i don't i don't know uh if that's what that if that's what that meant right to like you. he was like what did you think yeah that's why i kind of saw that too like he was kind of almost like oh like if i get this new this new chance at a at a, another at a longer life, like I I might not go down this path anymore. Yeah, excuse me. Bless you. Um, that's what I got. That's what I got from that. Like okay. almost like the feeling that he got of potentially having being free again. Mm-hmm. I think almost like renewed his spirit and sense of like you know, I mean yeah. I don't have to like you know put people in these traps anymore. Right. Okay. That's uh, how maybe I, I can go. Attitude. Maybe I can spend my time focused on other stuff. Right, hanging out on the beach or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people, right. Exactly. People in traps. Yeah. Okay. So but that's how I, I feel like that me. that scene helped add to his moment of frustration when he realized, yeah. like these you people know, effed me up. Oh, they they scammed me. Yep. Yeah. So in the movie, because um, I don't think I put this in the notes, but you know, she was like, you know, take this medicine and it's got painkillers in it. So I'm assuming that's why he didn't think that anything was wrong with his head. Because right, at first yeah. I was like, so he walking around with this supposed to be a scar on his head and he doesn't realize that there isn't one. Right. But I'm assuming because she's like, oh, there's pain medicine in this. He didn't think, okay, well, maybe it's not hurting. So it's not, not a problem because right. of this medicine she's giving me. I thought that was... Uh, Cause I was trying to, I was like, why didn't he realize that he didn't have a cut in his head? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then when he goes in there and the clinic's trashed and then the lights not working, I'm like, what? <laughs> I guess they want to reiterate the fact that these people are gone, but it's like, they, I feel like if they're packing up their stuff, what, what's they got to do with the lights not working? It was like flickering and. Oh yeah. Cause oh, I, t- I took that as like, they were trying to destroy evidence type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's how I took that. Maybe so, so. There's no trace. You can't find it. Like, so why y'all just couldn't walk out? Why y'all had to do all this? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And um, Diego's trap. Um, when he was trying to run out the door with the bomb still on his hand, I was like, he do realize even if he get out, they still got these bombs yeah, on got his the bombs arms. On yep. He's got them on him. Yep. But that was... Uh, so that was like the first real trap that we saw, and it was yep. nasty. Yeah, it was yeah, the special so effects nasty. of the movie was crazy. They made it super so nasty. So good. I was like, oh, yep, that is so gross. Um, and then oh, I think my favorite part was when <laughs> Gabriella was in the bathroom and Amanda smacked her upside the head with that door. Oh, yeah, she did. She tore her ass up. She, she came. She was out hot. The, because he was like, you scam, you scam up, you scam Ooh. my boy John. He's like, right. oh, y'all are done. She knocked she the mess no out of games her with that them. door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing no games. Yeah, she really wasn't. 
Um, they really got what they deserved, though, because mm-hmm. that was yeah. that was crazy. Obviously, the main girl, Dr. Cecilia, whatever, did the worst. Oh, yeah. She's a ringleader. She's and the one who brought them all together and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the way that the movie kind of, like, plays out, you kind of start to feel bad for Gabriella. And then you want her to, to make it. Yep. And then that was it killed her i was like dang i i was hoping she was gonna make it mm-hmm. that was sad um i think that's all i had to say about yeah that's all i had to say and then obviously okay. the mid credit scene ugh, i can't stand hoffman's ass so I was yeah like, I if they had to bring his ass up in here uh, uh, yeah i like hoffman so i was glad to see him <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, what about you, babe? What were your thoughts? Oh yeah, I thought I thought I was I thought it was a, a decent movie. Like I thought it was pretty good. I you know I probably put it in uh, like right under maybe like the the top three films. Uh, the things I liked, obviously special effects, like you said, like mm-hmm. the traps were super nasty. Yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised how far they went. Like with the intestine thing, like that was mm-hmm. super nasty. I'm surprised they yeah, actually like a terrified played that thing. whole thing out like that. <laughs> Like you said, saw her leg, her head getting cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was very surprised by the gore level, but that was that was awesome. Like that was like some real saw type shit. Yeah. Um, oh, when um, Mateo was cutting off his head, and then Gabriella was like cringing and about to throw up. I was like, that's exactly how I feel right now. <laughs> oh right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he's trying to you know take his brain out, that was super yeah. nasty. Like he literally just ripped a part of his brain out trying to <laughs> trying to make it. And it's always funny because. Both both Mateo and Valentina could have made it if they just yes. really started sooner. Started uh, sooner. Yeah. They wasted so much time. Yep. I was like, they were right there at the cusp Literally of right always there. making it. And yep. then that time ran right on out. Yep. But like the, I like the special effects, like the performances of the traps were good. Uh, obviously, having so much John, John Kramer, like you said, was great. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, getting mm-hmm. that insight into, you know, what he's thinking and how he's feeling, you know, giving us that background. and. And I thought it was super funny the part when she was asking him, "Oh, like, like, what do you do now?" You know? I was oh like, yeah. Oh, well, you know, uh, I got hobbies. He's like, I used to be a you know civil engineer, but you know, now I got other hobbies. Oh, what do you do? <laughs> well, I help people make better choices in their life. Yeah. Oh, so you're kind of like a life coach, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was super it. funny, man. That was hilarious. Um, so I did like that, like just seeing his interactions. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of Tobin Bell, and that was just super yeah, it cool because he really is and really makes what you know make saw what yeah. it is um what else did i like um i mean i like the overall story it's very straightforward which i thought was cool mm-hmm. uh but it's also i'll, I'll talk about that on dislikes too um but yeah i, I like the, the i kind of like the twist but i'll talk about that in my dislikes as well because like all the things <laughs> i like also have like a, a backside to it that, that yeah, i see like. <laughs> yeah uh, but the twist is cool because i didn't i knew something was gonna how it was gonna play like something was gonna happen but i didn't know how it was gonna play out yeah uh mid-credit scene was cool i like hoffman so i was glad to see him and see them back in saw in saw one and they got henry's ass uh which is cool <laughs> and it's funny because yeah. like i was wondering when i first when he first saw henry and he had that scar and stuff like that at first yeah. i was like when he went to that place and got scammed i was like oh man so did henry get scammed too or because he seemed mighty good yeah, um, I knew but, it. Yeah, I definitely was glad they ended up getting, you know, following back around on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it was it was some great moments, some funny moments, some good saw stuff. Uh, like one funny moment within the traps itself was when Gabriella had 
you know, freed her foot. And then she kind of like, you know, moved to the side. She's kind of dangling there thinking that she had time to kind of relax and get out of the trap. Uh, and then that thing started moving over. <laughs> like, I think me and the, and the uh, person a couple of seasons after me both started laughing because it was just funny, you know, like, like yeah. oh, you thought you ain't getting out of this trap. Like, <laughs> right. you don't have to yeah. deal with this trap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, her getting killed by Cecilia, I think, just added to the stone coldness of Cecilia's yeah, character. She was like, so she was just, mean. She evil. was just like the most disgusting person of the whole franchise I've ever seen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she's Which was is bad. weird because in the beginning, well not the beginning, but earlier on with the trap starting, she 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 seemed like she was trying to help them. You know what I'm oh, saying? Right. Like she's she talking really them through it, but yeah. she didn't really care, right? Not I was like, dang. She's like, I don't she is mean nothing evil. to me. The, evil tell yeah. yeah she was cold-blooded boy um but yeah like i i enjoyed the film you know like it it was cool to come back and revisit saul you know get the interactions with these characters even seeing some insight to amanda because we already knew that she had you know empathy for people we saw that in some of the other saw films yeah uh, i think it was saw three when they kind of expanded upon like showing her like you know uh pull people out the traps and stuff like that yeah um uh, but seeing her have that empathy for you know a drug abuser, which is what she had, yeah. Um, and then to have her beat the trap and then still get killed, you know, that was like super devastating to her. That was a good yeah. moment. I thought performance it was. Wise. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a really good moment too. Um, she was like, "You're sick." Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But yeah. um, and this is also the first movie that played out like chronologically for the entire film. You know, normally mm-hmm. with the Saw films, like. You you start with people already in, the, already in the traps, and sometimes you don't know why they're in the traps. Mm-hmm. And you kind of find out later the the full story of why and who they're connected to. This one, yeah. like it played out like a like a normal movie. There's mm-hmm. no plays on time or you know chronology or nothing like that. It's like you see exactly what happened, and so like you know why they're in the trap, and you want them to get tore up because you know the whole time I'm watching the beginning of this movie, I'm like, you know what's gonna happen. You just feel so bad. You're like, yeah. man, this is this is so criminal. Like, this is disgusting how they're mm. doing this, man. Um, uh, but I like also like the the pig the pig stalking part where man it was capturing people. Mm. I yeah, like how they made it like too. a like very suspenseful and like mm-hmm. uh, like that they they did that really good. I liked all those elements. Uh, the pig mask looked different, which I thought was weird. It did. Yeah. It looked yeah. more like a pig. You know, it like more like, like a spiral like skin one. Or like something. a spiral one looked really yeah. good. This reminded yeah. me of. Yeah. I was like, oh, that that ain't right. Maybe that's all they had access to. I don't know. Um, uh, now, this isn't really like a dislike, but I was surprised by the fact that they didn't have more connecting pieces to the other Saw movies. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be some linkage into the other Saw movies beyond just like tiny Easter eggs, like the head trap and stuff like that. I thought they were going to have some other revelations and connections, uh, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. It was just super straightforward, like a yeah. super straightforward Saw movie, which I think worked in his favor to be decent. I feel yeah. like they try to go too wild with connections, stuff like that, but it became too goopy or something. That's true. Um, yeah. Now, some for some of my dislikes. Uh, now, did the time thing? That wasn't really a factor in the first Saw movie, was it? What? Well, I guess in a way it was. Um, the whole time thing you're talking about. I said it wasn't really like a major thing in the first Saw film. Well, what do you... What do you mean? I guess my, my point being, because this one is like after the first Saw film, did, was that something they did in the first one? Like the whole play on time thing? 
play on time. What do you mean by like the, how the story's pieced together mm-hmm. through the film itself? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you don't really know why they're there. Remember, they're figuring out well, why yeah. they're trapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that um, part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like the whole, like, you know, watching the movie and realizing that what's happened has already happened doesn't really happen until, like, after the, after that, right? After the first saw film. Yeah, it's always, I feel like a lot of the films are like that. Okay. You know what I'm talking I about? I can't really remember it that well. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the films are people in the traps. And you gotta I said, figure a, out yeah, why. a lot of them are. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the first one. Oh, yeah. The first one, the same way. You don't know why Dr. Gordon's in there. You know, that, that's why they be, him and uh, Adam are talking to each other. Like, well, what are you doing in here? Well, shit, what are no, you no, doing no. Here? I'm talking about the time thing. You're, you're, you were talking about, oh, at least how I'm thinking you're talking about like, for example, the one when Hoffman was playing the tape at the coroner's office, and we're thinking that that's something oh, that... Oh, right. Yeah. That already happened. That kind of stuff. Oh, that's what uh-huh. I thought you were talking about. Oh, yeah. I was talking about... I was, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was talking about, too. Where... Uh, but, but what I'm saying is, even with the first Saw film, we start with them already in the trap. And mm-hmm. this, in this movie, no, in the beginning, no one's trapped. We're literally watching the story play out. Okay, so you're more so talking about how we how the how the movie sequence starts together. with us putting getting the people involved in the trap. Da, 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 da. Yeah, okay. this one's I'm this one you. like there's literally no flashbacks. Gotcha. At all. There's a couple. Which ones? They <laughs> they flashed back to um. Well, you know they flash back. They do flashback, but I can't remember now because oh, okay. you put me on the spot. Well, if, well, what I'm saying is it's very minimal. You know, normally well, there's yeah, a lot it's of not like, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of like, oh, diving back to the memory or diving back to what happened. With this movie, it's very present and it's very with the flow of time. Yeah, there's no like, oh, this already happened actually, or this happened earlier, mm-hmm. or right. yeah, well, no. what happened? No, what happened before us to a flashback? Like this was like a regular movie in the sense of we see a character. He goes and does something, something bad's happens. Yeah. And now he's putting them in trap. Now he's getting revenge. And boom. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very clear. Like, there's no guessing or, like, surprises with uh, what occurred. Like, it's right. all super straightforward and plays in order. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was just different. Because even, even with the first movie, we start with, with Gordon. Oh, I know what, what I was talking about as far as flashbacks are concerned is when they, when we think that, Parker is someone who was also scammed, but then we, when they, when he reveals who he is, it does flash back to oh, okay. them already knowing that he was involved. That's oh, okay. the one flashback. I oh yeah, 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 a, yeah. A flashback of them planning it all out. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, now some of the things I didn't like uh, was uh with Cecilia, with Cecilia being so such a stone cold bitch like I was hoping that her her trap would be way more brutal uh yeah. her just kind of just being stuck in that room I thought was kind of like eh, as mean as like yeah. just awful as she was she should have got like obliterated you know what I'm saying I agree I agree um, with that what else did I put on here I can't remember what I said earlier about me talking about uh some of these pieces in the thing um kind of double-sided you know i didn't have the connections to any of the saw of the other saw movies uh so that wasn't as you know like it was 
it was it was fine. I just expected it to have more mm-hmm. uh, connections. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I thought the title card was kind of like oddly placed. <laughs> um, like I don't know, like when he was an MRI machine, MRI machine, and then it like saw tin came on the screen. Same thing yeah. with the ending title, like how they were walking out of the house and saw tin came on the screen. I was like, yeah, that's awfully plain. Like they usually. <laughs> You know, it's you're choosing much more of a bang when the title cards come on in the saw and the saw movies. You normally start with the trap and then boom, it's like, yeah, this is saw. Like you watching the saw movie. Like we didn't really get that with this one. Um I, I almost feel like they could have opened it a little bit differently, but I get what they're going for. There's this more straightforward, more examining John's character. So they wanted to just kind of focus mm-hmm. on that. Uh, you know, okay, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else. I'm looking through my notes because I mentioned something earlier. I was like, oh, I'm going to get into that after the fact. I think it was just a time thing. Them not really getting uh, Cecilia like in like a brutal way. Like I was really hoping that it would be a little bit more brutal. Uh, one thing I did bring up to you after you watched it was um, I was wondering, I feel like in the other films, he said, live or die, make your choice. When this film, he said, live or die, the choice is yours. Why are you hung up on that? <laughs> Am I wrong? I feel like that's what he said, though. Because it, it sounded different. Because I know he said, make your choice. Maybe he started mm. saying, the choice is yours in super later films. I know originally he was saying, make your choice. Oh, my goodness. But it was dope uh, to hear his voice. It, uh, it you know what's kind of so- funny, though? Was when Cecilia was like, oh, what I knew was Jig, what I knew was Jig fucking saw. Like, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna beat him in his own game. And then she said she mocked him at one point, was like, I'll oh, put on the voice, John. I wanna play a game. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was hilarious. I actually thought that part was fun. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. I think I mentioned everything, man. I'm going through my notes. Um, yeah, I did like the twist, even though it wasn't like a major one. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. I know what I was gonna say. So the twist was cool, right? Like, like you got this twist, and um, and hold on one second. Now the thing was with the ending, right? But this is where I, this is what I was gonna talk about. So the you know the, the twist was that they knew who he was the whole time, and they were gonna you know surprise him by putting him in this room in this trap. My thing was. If they knew who he was the whole time, once he got there, like why they just didn't put him in, in a trap? You know what I'm saying? Like why, why? He gave them the rule. And if he had not gone by the rule, right, he wouldn't have ended up in a trap. Is that? No, no. What I'm saying is they could have just put him in a game where he could have played by the rules of the game. And so then yeah. J- John Kramer and what should have been Amanda would have never had to play that game where they had the blood going over them. <laughs> and, risk, and risk the fact that they could die from it when once they went if they already knew who he was as soon as they knocked him out they should have threw his ass in a game you know what i'm saying this made it but, more interesting well yeah I, but that, that's kind of my problem right is they were trying to think of a twist because all the song movies have to have a twist right it's gotta right. be a twist it's like well what twist can we use well this whole time they knew who he was and surprise they gonna get his ass when he goes upstairs um <laughs> but i don't know i just i yeah. feel like they could have found a different, a different kind of twist and i mean it still worked i still thought it was fine but in my mind i'm just like 
doesn't seem very smart to put yourself in the position where you could die from the trap. Because what if they didn't go upstairs immediately? What if they waited for him to, to die? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he would have been, yeah. he would been effed. Like he would have been That's screwed. Yeah. Um. So I thought I like. So I thought it was. I thought the twist was cool, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, okay, like, why did y'all play it out that way? Because that could have went way wrong. They could have went way left. Yeah, um, that's true. So that's that's the only th- other thing I could really. I think that, that really stuck out to me. But yeah, no, I, I honestly thought that this was uh, like just a very straightforward, decent soft film. Like it had all the elements that we like. You know, we only got the Billy, the Billy Puppet that one time. Yeah. Wish we'd have got him a couple more times. Um, and I feel like that's really the only thing that takes away from these types of like group films is you know we don't get a lot of the in- the, the intros of I want to play a game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, but I do I do like the emphasis throughout. Um, uh, I did like the emphasis back on John's original point with the games mm-hmm. was you know that they're winnable mm-hmm. and they help you, right. you know get to gain new perspective to fix your life you know what i'm saying yeah. like diego now he probably he gonna turn a whole new leaf you yeah. know what i'm saying gabriella uh, would have would have right and he even said that he's like she won her game she yes. needs medical attention i did yeah. like the emphasis back on mm-hmm. like you know like i'm not like a, i'm not serial killing these people i'm you know making them i'm harshly making them gain new perspective on life yeah uh, so I did like the emphasis back because, you know, I feel like as the soft films went on, we lost sight of the the yeah. John's point of the games. Right. So it's cool to mm-hmm. get his emphasis again. Like, hey, these are the point. If they win, mm-hmm. get the medical attention. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Because after Diego's, he gave him the first aid kit. Yep. He brought first aid. Mm-hmm. He even like, you know, he even like kind of rub, you know, put his hand on him, kind of mm-hmm. like to comfort him. Like, hey, yeah. you won. Like, yeah, I'm a man of my word. Like, you won right. the game. I'm going to help you out. You're going to be all right yeah um uh, but yeah man it was just cool man i love hearing john he's like uh and then even when gabriella was like she like threw the tape he's like i don't know you have to play the game <laughs> your ass yep. gonna play the game i don't care if you heard the tape or not <laughs> yep and then he just and then he repeated the tape through the intercom like yep. that was hard yeah like, you can play this game i'm gonna tell you that right now yeah um but yeah no this, this was a decent film man like I um i think it fixed it fit it uh met all my expectations i think the only one it probably didn't meet was i thought there'd be more connection with the rest of the franchise mm-hmm. um i don't know if that was intentional to, for them to be able to leave room to do more saw films within this time span of john Steele being around uh yeah but i, I know that worked. um at the end i was kind of like oh i wonder if they're gonna try to like get something else out of this story yeah <laughs> yeah without yeah. hoffman likely that's what i'm hoping <laughs> i'm just playing no, i like hoffman but <laughs> i don't know if i mentioned it on here too but the pig stalking was cool like all he the did. capture moments was very suspenseful thriller yeah uh, that was good it. yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah i think we i think we hit hit all the main points yeah no this is decent if i had to give it a rating if i just going off the top right now i'd give it like a like a Somewhere in the neighborhood of like a 3.25, 3.5, somewhere around there. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I, probably, I think I'll do a solid three. Yeah, yeah, because the movie was decent. Um, yeah. Way, way better than a lot of the crap that we got in some of the other later, later films. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny that the writers and 
that director of this film had some of the ones on our lower end of the spectrum. Were some though. of the worst. It's weird, right? <laughs> Literally, because like Kevin Grutert made one of the best and one, one of the worst ones of the yeah. entire franchise. Thankfully, mm-hmm. this is one of the better ones. Yeah. But the writers are the people who wrote like some of the worst ones. Yeah. Now, Jigsaw isn't too, too bad, but it is bad. Now, Spiral is awful. Yeah, compared to some of the other ones. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But, all right, y'all, that's what we think of Saw 10. Let us know uh, in the comments, um, whether you're watching on YouTube or where you're listening on Spotify. We have the option on Spotify where you can answer the question. There'll be a question there that asks you if you've seen Saw 10, what you think about it. So, write down either in that or in the YouTube comments oh, your thoughts on Saw 10. If you're kind of in line with us that you really liked it, Remember, you didn't like it. Let us know all the reasons why you didn't. Um, but that'll conclude today's episode of the In Love of the Horror podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the entire thing. If you've made it this far, we really do appreciate y'all uh, listening. And make sure you are uh, subscribed and following us on Spotify Podcast, Apple Podcasts, TikTok, YouTube, uh, IG. Subscribe uh, to everything, y'all, and find follow us because uh, you know the spooky season is officially here. We got October literally just a day away. Uh, from us uh, or two days away from us recording this uh and it's exciting time a lot of content so we'll be doing like a lot of uh reviews and of course talking about you know what we're watching in the month of october movie marathons all that good stuff so stay tuned stay locked in stay subscribed and also don't forget to leave us a rating uh you know the ratings just help us get better visibility on the podcast platforms you already got a couple thank y'all to the, to the few that have done it uh but please do uh go in there and give us some ratings as well if you're enjoying the podcast um again this has been another great episode of in love with horror podcast y'all we'll see y'all in the next one peace